Welcome to Becoming Referrable, the podcast that shows you how to become the kind of advisor people can't stop talking about. I'm Steve Wershing. On this episode, we talk with Danilo Kawasaki, co-founder, vice president, and chief operating officer of Gerber Kawasaki, a wealth management firm in Santa Monica, California. Born of Brazilian and Japanese parents, Danilo came to the U.S. at age 17, shortly before enrolling in college. After graduating, he joined Sun America Securities in 2002, rising to branch manager by age 24. In 2010, he formed Gerber Kawasaki with partner Ross Gerber. The firm now has 14 advisors, working with over 6,000 families and managing over $650 million in assets. In 2018, Ken Danilo was named to the Investment News 40 Under 40 list of young top advisors. Gerber Kawasaki is really focused on getting referrals, and our conversation is dense with strategies and tactics. In our study of referrals, Julie and I found that firms with a formal referral marketing system were associated with higher levels of referrals, and Gerber Kawasaki is a great example. When I asked about it, Danilo could access referrals by week with a few mouse clicks, giving him the ability to report an average of over 120 referrals across their 14 advisors per week. We'll talk about their willingness to take promising prospects without much in assets to manage, even though they use an assets under management revenue model. And stay tuned to the end, where Kawasaki tells us that one of their firm's differentiators is that clients get an advisor who actually works. There's a lot we cover in our conversation. I hope you enjoy our conversation with Danilo Kawasaki. Danilo Kawasaki, welcome to the Becoming Referrable podcast. We're so happy to have you. Thanks for having me. Um, and so I, I just want to jump into this. You and I were speaking a while ago, and we were talking a little bit about uh, the referrals that your firm gets. And so I wanted to lead with this. You, I, I asked you about how many referrals the company gets, and you popped right up there with a number of 120 a week. And two things really impressed me about that. First, it, it's a really big number. And the other thing is that you you had it so easily accessible. So let's start there. You your firm, um, Gerber Kawasaki, gets about 120 referrals a week. Give us a little background on where that comes from and how that happens. Yeah, sure. I think it's important to highlight we have 14 full-time advisors. So that number is um, the, the efforts of the 14 advisors we have who, who are seeing clients um, all week long. And, um, you know, part of my job as the, the chief operating officer is to uh, track uh, track our numbers and make sure that uh, you know we have um, uh, always a, a full uh, pipeline of referrals. So you know I have a, a system uh, that I've used for years to track referrals, uh, also to track um, what happens to those referrals. You know uh, uh, of the calls that they make, uh, how many how many of those referrals turn into appointments, how many of those appointments ultimately turn into clients. So it's it's basically 16 years of data to um, to kind of reach the the numbers that we have, and, and and referrals have have evolved since I started in this business 16 years ago, uh, in, in many in many ways, and we can talk about that too. But um, so it, it, to answer your question, uh, about 120 referrals on average, um, 14 advisors seeing clients full time, and um, it, you know, and that's kind of an average week. 
That's, yeah, well, and that's <clears throat> go ahead. Julie, I was going to say, it's, I mean, it's a huge number, so I'm so keen to understand how how you do that. But I was also wondering if you mentioned the size of your team, could you also just give us a little perspective on the business as a whole, what it looks like, what you provide to clients, who you work with, just to give us a little context? Absolutely. So we are an RIA firm, a hybrid firm. Ninety um, percent of our business is through our RIA. Uh, about 10% of our business is through our broker-dealer, which is uh, LPL Financial. Um, we do comprehensive financial planning, wealth management, uh, and we have mainly two programs. We have a wealth-building program that caters to young individuals and young families getting started, uh, and we have a traditional wealth management program. Uh, the bulk of the volume does come from our wealth-building program as we have no investment minimums for that program. And our criteria is simply uh, someone who we want to work with for the next, uh, you know, 10, 20 years. So, you know, a lot of the referrals we get do come in that space. Um, it's a lot easier to get referrals to uh, everyday people. And, uh, you know, if you ask around, if, if you know anybody who's got 50 million to invest, you're not going to get a lot of referrals. <laughs> so, you know, we kind of we, we play the numbers game and, and we want to help as many people as possible uh, through the help of technology. We now can, uh, you know, service a lot more clients and still provide great service, which is obviously, the, the you know, the, the backbone of our structure here. But, uh, you know, through technology in terms of uh, uh, client management software, financial planning software, you know, uh, trading software, we can, uh, you know, optimize a lot of the process and, uh, and consequently free up more time for the advisors to do what they do best. And so those 120, are they, how are you defining that referral? Like how, is it a, a name that you get with an expression of interest in learning more? They're what we call warm leads. Uh, basically they're, um, so, so part of our process when we're, especially when we're dealing with wealth building clients is, um, you know, uh, the reason why a lot of firms don't work with wealth building clients, people starting out is because they claim it's not profitable. And um, there's a few ways that you can go about to make it profitable. Uh, but also keeping an eye in the long term is key for this whole thing to work. So when we sit down with wealth building clients, we go through our process and, uh, and we tell them that we work on a referral basis. We, we grow organically through the referrals we receive from our clients and, and it's always an exchange for value. So referrals, you know, the old school way of thinking was, you know, referral as a form of payment. But you got to think of referral as an exchange for value. So if I provide value to you, you know, you, you, if you see, how, you know, how much you're able to um, improve your situation by working with me, why not introduce me to other people you know who can also benefit from this the service? And 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 that exchange for value is is the key in in not just getting referrals, but getting good referrals. So. You know, we don't necessarily push for referrals in the first meeting. We want to show value. We want to show, you know, that, that obviously we care. And then the referrals kind of come almost organically. So, you know, I don't know if I answered your question directly, but that's that's basically the system that we apply here. Yeah. Now, 
Danila, when you do that, um, do, do your advisors, so I'm assuming that some of the enthusiasm behind those referrals is that, you know, no minimum amount, you know, that, that if you're a good, if you're, if you're going to be a good client 10 years from now, we'd like to talk with you, which is, you know, we, I'd like to dig into that a little bit more too. The, um, but first, you know, when, when you set up the scenario for getting referrals, do, do your advisors help the clients um, with language on how to on how to introduce you to folks? Or is it just their enthusiasm for what you could do for their friends that that drives those referrals? It's um, it's a great question. And I think part of the answer is there's no right way of doing this uh, or another way to say it is you kind of have to customize this to whoever you're talking to some clients as you know are very personable and they're the the coi's and, and they have no problem talking about you to everyone they know other clients are more reserved they don't feel comfortable uh, just giving out a name and a phone number they want to make a proper introduction so you really have to be good at uh, identifying the situation that you're in and then tailoring your approach, your referral approach to that situation. So it might be best for someone who's more reserved that you ask them to uh, to lunch and ask them to take some of their coworkers with you. And, and, and that's a way that you can get to know three, four uh, uh, co-workers. Uh, someone who, again, is more personable, maybe works in marketing, understands the power of, of referrals. Uh, that person can basically write a bunch of names and, and phone numbers for you. And, and we, you know, we give them a template of, of an email uh, that they can send to these people. We're basically introducing ourselves and letting them know that if it's okay, we'll be calling them to see how we can help them. So I, I think part of our success is in this customization approach because there's no one size fits all, uh, you know, when it comes to referrals. And and so when you when you um, suggest that that your client invite a few friends to lunch, what's what's the um, how how do they set that? What 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 do what do they tell their friends they're inviting them to? So you know, one, one of the referral techniques, I, I guess you can call it that, that we use is when our clients' birthdays are approaching, maybe a week before, uh, we reach out to them and say, hey, we want to take you to lunch, uh, you know, not on the day of their birthday because they're busy doing other things, but it may be a week before. And, uh, you know, we, we want you to invite a few of your close friends or coworkers to come uh, join us for lunch. Uh, it's a very, uh, it's a great way to, to just get to meet people. And, and then again, it's all based on, you know, your client personality and their level of comfort. Uh, there are some clients that I wouldn't even try that strategy because I know it's not going to work. So you got to know, you know, what works for what type of people. Uh, and, and that's really the key to this whole system. And, and then the, the, some other ones that you were suggesting you have a template for an email, um, that your client can send to their friend, but it sounds like you're getting the contact information. Cause if I heard you right, it sounded like, um, the email says that you will be reaching out to that prospect. Is that right? Correct. So, so we always want to have the ball on our court, right? So if, if I go to a networking event and I'm just giving out my business cards, the ball is not on my court. 
right? Uh, who knows if they're going to call me or not call me. But if I get people's business cards, then at least I have the the the, the power or the control of making that call and trying to reach out to people and, and, and assess the situation from there. So when it comes to referrals, we kind of think the same way. We want to have a name. We want to have a phone number and an email so we can contact these people. Um, but at the same time, if the client can make that introduction even warmer, then um, then all the better. Uh, you know, it, it makes that call a lot more uh, comfortable and 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 sometimes even easier. A lot of times, our clients are—I mean, our clients are our biggest proponents, right? So if they do a good job for us and 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 the, the referral is interested, a lot of times when we call, it's just basically a formality to set an appointment. And, and and that's that's a dream come true for any advisor, right? When you make a call and the client is ready to go, so um, sure. So yes, yeah. So you mentioned um, having tracked a lot of the data. So I'm interested. Uh, there might be two parts to this question, but you've talked about a number of different strategies. You also mentioned that you had a lot of many years data understanding, uh, you know, the number of leads in and the conversion rates. First of all, I'd be I would love to learn more about what those conversions are, if you're willing to share that, just to give people some perspective on the volume of leads sure. that actually result in a client. And then also interested if you are tracking that data by these different tactics to be able to assess which are having the greatest impact? Uh, sure. I mean, um, I can kind of summarize it for you. I don't want to go into too many details about our secret sauce here, but uh, the, 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 <laughs> I'm looking at some numbers here too, so I can share with you. So the first half of this year, 2018, first semester, we got 3,571 referrals. So that's an average of about 137 referrals a week. Um, typically, um, half of those referrals won't pan out. We can't get a hold of. They don't want to be called. Uh, so, so basically, you can eliminate half right off the bat. Um, out of the other half uh, that's remaining, typically, we can get a hold of about half of that. So 25% of the, the, the total, right? So out of the 25% of the total we actually get a hold of and talk to, you know, mostly 75% uh, of them uh, come for an appointment, 25% for whatever reason uh, didn't come for an appointment. And then when it's all said and done, our success ratio is about 10%. So, you know, 10% of the grand total of those referrals ultimately become clients. Uh, and, and then hopefully, you know, give you more referrals so you can always, again, keep the pipeline full. So, and is that, sorry, was that 10% of the total pipeline or 10% of the 75% of the 25%? 10% of the total. <laughs> of the total, thank you. Of okay. the total, So, yeah. so, so we, you're we converting a lot of the ones that actually get through the door, obviously. Yes, yeah. yes. yeah. Great. And if you're doing the math, we do get a lot of clients. So, yeah. you know, our, our, our uh, firm right now has uh, over 6,000 households as clients. Wow. So, um, so we. And that's with, that's with 14 advisors. That's with four, uh, 14 advisors plus uh, myself and Ross, who uh, we're, we both okay. see clients as well. Okay. We're not getting that many referrals per okay. week, though. <laughs> Ross okay. and I. Okay. 
Yeah. Well, so you know you, that it bring that brings up another another question, and and this is like Julie's. I mean, the, you're you're saying so much with so much good information. It just you know I'm, I know Julie and I are both having questions <laughs> pop in our heads. Um, so th this is another one that I have two questions about. One one is the um, um, you talked about um, your fee model being largely AUM based, um, and but that you're you're not um you know you're not um trying to you're 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 willing to bring in people that don't have a lot of money to manage now because they're going to be you know good clients later like you know the old gretzky admonition of you know be where the puck is going um and so tell us a little bit about the the workability of that there are a lot of advisors out there that that we've spoken to who you know, avoid that kind of client because they're afraid that that's just unprofitable. We can't make any money if they don't have money to manage. But obviously, you've seen beyond that. So tell us a little bit about your perspective. Yeah, on that. sure. Um, so we we set a complimentary meeting, first meeting, complimentary, and and we call it a discovery meeting, uh, which you know gives uh, us and the client an opportunity to get to know each other and make sure that there's a good fit. From our point of view, we want to work with someone who um, has a, a bright future. Uh, usually they're college educated. They already have a, a decent job. Uh, fortunately for us, living in Santa Monica, L.A., um, you know, just to afford living here, you got to be making a, a decent income. So, you know, most of the prospects we talk to are kind of already you know, way pre-qualified because if you're live, you know, living on this uh, side of, of, of the, um, you know, of, of California West side here, you know, you kind of have to have uh, some means already. So, so that, that's really helpful. Uh, and then from there, we, um, you know, we, uh, the wealth building program, the way it works is we charge a, a one-time $250 implementation setup fee. And then we charge an asset-based fee uh, of one to one and a half percent, depending on their level of uh, assets. So the $250 one-time setup fee kind of helps me with the upfront cost of, um, you know, client services, setting up the accounts, you know, doing all the paperwork and all that good stuff. And then um, over time, the management fee is, is um, uh, hopefully increasing because you know, that client is saving money on a monthly basis, uh, adding money to their accounts on a regular basis. And, and that's really where the referrals come in uh, to, to kind of complement this, 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 this full circle. Um, you know, by, getting, by doing a great job and getting referrals from uh, these clients, it allows us to keep the, keep the, the ball rolling. And that's that's why it's so important for us to, to get the referrals so we can continue to, you know, uh, uh, see clients. And and obviously, you know, out of those thirty five hundred referrals we got, some of them were really, really good. And um, and, and that's and that's kind of the name of the game. So so that brings up the other part of that question, um, which is if, if you've got. I mean, based on the numbers you gave us a little bit ago, you're you're servicing probably around 400 clients per advisor. Sounds about right. Yeah. So, so so tell us a little bit about the advice model. How how does how do you work that? How do you keep 
the service level up when you've got that many people to, to service and are constantly bringing that many that that amount of new folks in? Yeah, sure. So we have a, a services team that's uh, uh, eight people. Uh, they're great. Uh, they're 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 really the key to this uh, uh, success. Um, and and uh, we segment our clients. We set the right expectations from the beginning. Um, there, there's, you know, uh, there's no need for you to have quarterly conversations with, you know, your wealth building client who just got started investing and saving money. There's not much to talk about. Um, so, you know, those clients are perfectly happy talking to you maybe once every, um, uh, six months. Sometimes, um, you know, we, we kind of actually let them choose how often they want to be communicated. Um, especially in the beginning, because it's just creating that comfort level. Um, so sometimes, we, you know, we make exceptions and we'll talk to clients every quarter. And, uh, and then they kind of see for themselves that there's not much that, that has changed. You know, we're not uh, traders. We're not, you know, trying to pick the hot stock of the day. And, and their situation uh, doesn't change that often, you know, in, in the span of uh, three months. So, um, so he's just setting the right expectations. And then uh, with the right client services team and with technology. So what we do here that's really effective is we use social media to communicate our views on a daily basis. So if, if our clients want to know what we're thinking about the markets, about you know what's happening with tariffs or, or whatever the topic is, you know we're, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn, uh, we write our own content. We, we sent out weekly market commentary. We send out monthly newsletters. So, so that's the other piece of this puzzle is just communication. So uh, every week we have a, a wrap-up email that we send to all, all of our clients with all of our uh, commentary. Uh, my partner, Ross Gerber, has become kind of a prominent uh, financial expert on financial media, uh, CNBC and uh, Fox and CNN and, and all the different financial channels. And, and that has been great for us because it's a way for us to disseminate our content through, uh, you know, uh, mediums like CNBC and, and uh, CNN to our clients. And, and then they get to see it and they can, you know, click if they want to know more about why we like Apple or why we like Tesla or whatever the case may be. So are those those leads, I assume, are included in when we're talking about those 120 to 137 uh, per week, it's uh, it includes those as well, right? It, from any any source. Um, actually, that number I gave you does not include marketing leads okay. that we generate from different means. So okay. that's the number I gave you is the traditional referral. Oh, okay. Have, yeah, we have a name, we have a contact information, and um, so that's what those numbers are for. Okay. How important is that social media side in terms of driving the the overall growth of the firm? Would you say it's huge? Uh, it's huge. Uh, you know, I, I was part of a pilot program for Finra back in two thousand eight. And that kind of opened our eyes to, uh, you know, social media for financial advisors. If you go back 10 years ago, you know, Facebook, Twitter, I don't think Twitter existed, but ba yeah. ma mainly Facebook uh, was uh, was brand new. 
and most advisors had no idea what what that was. So um, so because of this pilot program study, uh, we kind of became engaged with uh, the idea of using social media to disseminate information to our clients and, and prospects and, and use that as a marketing opportunity to uh, compete with maybe, you know, better known financial firms or bigger financial firms. So, you know, especially after the financial crisis, that, that, that you know, has become a, a, a significant advantage that I think that firms like mine have over traditional firms. Uh, you know, you try to tweet or say something on Facebook if you work for a wirehouse, you know, they, they chop your head off, and they, <laughs> they cut your fingers. They don't want you, you know, tweeting and, and sharing your opinion. They want, you know, they want to have to be approved and this and that. And, and we do it, too, but we do it a lot faster. You know, we have uh, obviously rules that we have to follow. But, um, you know, the marketing side, uh, social media has been huge for us. Yeah, and and you're doing that within a FINRA organization, which is interesting. I mean, it, <clears throat> a yep. lot of fe- people feel constrained, you know, that that they see that as an opportunity on the RIA side, but you're operating still within the FINRA, FINRA guidelines. We, yes. So what what, what, we're, what we're would a you say is firm? Right. And, and, right. And right. LPL has been a great partner in understanding that that's a, a pivotal part of our marketing strategy. With that being said, some of our advisors. Uh, do operate under the RA only. Okay. So just to make it okay. clear. So um, what would you say the mix is of, of outbound messaging between social media, email marketing, um, you know, client communications like newsletter type things, or, you know, what, what how, how big a role do, do each of those play in the overall mix? So, so the way we see it is kind of a three pronged approach. We have, traditional media, uh, TV, uh, newspaper, magazines, and um, we're usually quoted or have an opportunity for an appearance at least on a weekly basis. So, so that is, um, uh, you know, traditional media. Uh, then we have social media where, you know, we have two dedicated marketing social media uh, people here at our office. And, and their jobs is to uh, translate our thoughts into posts, into videos, into um, uh, social media commentary. And, um, and, and then our advisor's job is to share that content with their, uh, 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 you know, groups or friends or, or, or whatever the case may be. So at, at the company level, we sent out weekly uh, emails with a summary of everything that we were quoted on and, and participated in for the week. Uh, we do a monthly uh, newsletter called Viewpoint and in which we write our own original content. So no white paper stuff. We write what we think is relevant and what we think our clients want to learn about and, and hear about. So... Um, so usually four to five articles uh, per month um, go in our newsletter. And, um, you know, my, my business partner, Ross, is very, very active on, on Twitter, sometimes too <laughs> active. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, it's a way for us to kind of share our thoughts and, and, and share what we're thinking. And, and um, you know, it's, it's, it's maybe not for everyone. But uh, the strategy has definitely uh, worked uh, and paid off for us. 
So um, let me let me go back to that service model for a little bit. So given that you're doing this for so many different people, um, what does a typical engagement look like? What um, what kind of planning process do you take people through, and what does a typical review meeting look like? Sure. So you know, for for our wealth building clients, um, I kind of start talking about the discovery meeting, and uh, very comprehensive. We we help them with uh, their budget, we help with uh, you know their balance sheet, we help them with uh, projections. Uh, so we do preliminary projections on uh, retirement planning, college uh, education, uh, buying a home. Uh, the these three goals are typically their their main uh, main goals, and um, and then uh, using technology uh, through uh, financial planning softwares and uh, client management softwares, we kind of put them in the system, and and we know client A is wants to be. Uh, called every uh, three months or every six months for a review meeting, and uh, and we basically let the computer be our bosses. And you know, three months from now, the computer will remind us that we have to meet with client A, and uh, you know, we have a online scheduling system that the client can go in and set the appointment at a time that's convenient to them. They can kind of see our calendar and see what's available, and uh, you know, all those all those little things like save us so much time and allow us to service more clients you know one thing that's kind of my pet peeve in the industry is you know uh the advice the, the the stereotypical financial advisor who kind of you know uh, 20 30 years in the business and all they want to do now is play golf and travel <laughs> you know I, I just i just don't get that I, that's not my goal my goal is not to free up my time so i can play golf and i love golf i love to play more golf but you know, I'm I'm here for my clients, so you know we're busy. I'm not gonna lie; it's not it's not easy work. You know, we're we're busy. We're in the office every day. Uh, you know, uh, how, you know, seeing clients, review meetings. You know, we we do our own investment management, so we don't farm. We don't use third party money managers. So we you know we have a research team. We have an investment committee. So we discuss, you know, and, and, and follow and track investments very closely. So we're busy. We're not, I'm not here to tell you that, you know, my motto is, is, is uh, you know, put everything on autopilot so I can go take a, a three-month-long trip to Europe. You know, I've, I've never done that in my life. Sure. Well, and, 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 and you've, you've been out there, you know, you've, you've, act, you've said in public that, you know, or at least you, you said it to me, one, one of your differentiators is, is that your clients get an advisor who actually works. And uh, I, I, I could see that raising a few eyebrows in the <laughs> in the business. That's it. All you got to do is go to one of those uh, uh, industry conferences, and you see every other advisor wearing a golf shirt, you know, shirts, and 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 you know, and they're talking about how they're going to go play golf after the meeting or during the meeting. And it's <laughs> it's not what we're here to do. You know, I'm sorry, but uh, you know, I'm here to service my clients. I love what I do. You know, I I, I think if I work eight hours a day effectively that's plenty i don't need to kill myself work 14 16 hours a day i've done that in the past in the beginning of my career i don't need to do that now but uh but i'm definitely here for my clients one of our you know we kind of have our um uh, what do you call uh, uh, core values we have uh, oh sure Herba kawasaki core values and we have seven core values and one of our core values is we're going to respond to every client's request on the same day so even if it's to say I can't get to it, you know, can you wait until tomorrow? But we'll, 
we'll let you know that we we acknowledge that we receive your email or your call or your message and we'll get to it you know hopefully within 24 hours but no matter what within the same day we'll have an answer uh back to our clients so uh, yeah now now I was just going to pick up on that because you've talked about so many different things where you've clearly defined stat standards and a service plan. Um, are all of those uh, standards of the entire firm and therefore executed consistently by every advisor or do, do advisors have different ways? Yeah. So you really set that at a firm level. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, a lot of it is centralized. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it is training. And one of the things that I think it's pretty cool, too, about our firm is uh, all advisors, all 14 advisors were hired and trained by by me and Ross Mm -hmm. from the beginning. Uh, We didn't hire anyone from another firm with experience. You know, a lot of them were brand new to the business. And uh, our team has been together now for a long time. And and that kind of creates a unique situation for us, too, because, you know, it's become more than just a place to work for. You know, a lot of us are friends outside work. And uh, I married my business partner. You know, I, I was the minister yeah. for his wedding. And that's the type of relationship that we have here. You know, when you said I married my business partner, it sounded like something. To- <laughs> <laughs> that's um, what I was thinking. I mean, you you know, know, I, I, it's I not a strategy <laughs> we're necessarily suggesting, but whatever no, works. No. <laughs> No, no, we're good friends, yeah. and, and in a way, we are married to each other because yeah. you know I probably see him more than my wife. <laughs> sure, well, you know, it, it works for Yeski Bowie, exactly. it works for for, uh, for Norm, and um, uh, anyway, um, what? So, one of the things you've d- dwelt on a couple times is is the advantage you get through technology. So, w- what CRM system do you use? Um, we have proprietary systems that we've created. Um, that, w- that was another thing that we, um, I don't know if learned or, or if it was just the way it was supposed to be for us, but, uh, you know, we hired very early in our, in our firm life, uh, a, a chief technology officer to work on our properties, um, you know, website, app, um, uh, systems, uh, you know, we've tried to, to, use third-party vendors but you know there's always some customization that you lack because you know everything has to be standardized so you know some of the stuff that we use comes from um through our broker dealer uh because of integration with the systems that we have some of the stuff that we have we created ourselves okay interesting so you you built the crm from the ground up or did you build it on another chassis it's you know mostly based off um, a microsoft outlook okay but, um, you know, uh, but yes, interesting in, in, in the system that we have. And just so, um, you know, given that you're, you know, you're a young, a young practitioner, a young, uh, firm and, and, and leverage these technologies. What, what do you, what do you see is, what do you think is going to be the biggest game changer in the next 10 years? Um, I mean, it's, it's definitely technology. It's definitely, you know, using technology to our advantage. You know, um, the, you can see that, for example, with the robo-advisors, you know, three years ago, you know, people were afraid that the robo-advisors uh, were, was going to take their jobs. It was going to replace human beings. And, and all this, you know, ro- maybe not all, but most of these robo-advisor firms uh, have have to they have shifted their their business uh, model to include humans to include human advisors 
Um, but you know, the technology of managing a portfolio automatically is a, is a great technology, and, but you still need a person to talk to clients to, to, you know, uh, hear about their problems and, and understand the emotions behind their decisions. So that's, that's not going to change. Uh, but you know, creating efficiency through technology is, 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 I think, uh, the key to you know the next ten years. So 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 firms can take home more clients. You know the the I guess the 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 standard is oh you know a hundred clients a hundred million and I'm done. You know and, and if that's your goal that's great and and and, and you know it's not um, I don't think it's a hard goal to achieve if you work hard at it and you put in your time. Uh, and, and you can create a very successful practice doing that. Uh, Gerber Kawasaki, we want more. We want to be a, a, a prominent firm in, in the financial industry uh, by having a wealth building program, by having a wealth management program. Uh, we're now working on an ultra high net worth program. Um, you know, some cool things that we're, we're working on. I, I can't say much about it yet, but, you know, there's you know, the goal is to have those three divisions so we can really cater to everyone and and and, uh, and have dedicated teams specialized in working with each group of people. Interesting. Well, I that that sounds like a great place to wrap up. And um, so it's been it's been really fascinating. I mean, there, there's been so much that that, that you've uh, that you've mentioned in here, Danilo, that um, that I think is really going to be helpful for the listeners. So, um, so thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you, you guys got me excited talking about my firm. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. Excellent. Good. Well, I'm glad you got a benefit too. So, Danilo, okay. Kawasaki, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Hi, it's Julie again. It was great to have you with us on Becoming Referrable. If you like what you've been hearing, please do us a favor and rate us on iTunes. It really does help. You can get all the links, show notes, and other tidbits from these episodes at becomingreferrable.com. You can also get our free report, Three Referral Myths That Limit Your Growth, and connect with our blogs and other resources. Thanks so much for joining us.